0: I've got three dogs and six chickens. All of them are named Karen.
1: All of the chickens are named Karen?
0: Every one of them.
1: And the dogs, too?
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. The The dogs are not named Karen. Welcome to Rework, a podcast by Basecamp about the better way to work and run your business. I'm Sean Hildner.
1: And I'm Waylon Wong. We are coming up on a year of this pandemic, and all this turmoil we've lived through has upended people's lives in a bunch of different ways. Maybe it's upended yours. Maybe you're reevaluating: is this where I want to live? Is this the career I want? What relationships are the most important to me? Today on Rework, we have the story of someone who spent his entire career in tech and left it all behind to become a mushroom farmer. It's a story of extreme grief and loss, but also a story of finding purpose and creating new life in both metaphorical and literal darkness.
0: A quick warning for our listeners, this episode talks about suicide. So if that's something you want to skip, please do. My name is Jesse Noller. I come from a tech background, uh, complex distributed systems, but now I'm a mushroom farmer. I actually grow my mushrooms all the way from cultures or spores to actual mushrooms you eat.
1: You heard that right, a mushroom farmer. But this story starts long before Jesse became a fungi guy. Prior to that, he'd spent his entire career in tech and software.
0: I've worked for startups. I've been a founding engineer at startups before on the East Coast. Uh, I worked for Rackspace back before it went private equity. It's all been tech and it's all been making other people rich.
1: In the mid-2010s, Jesse was living in Texas and had a pretty high profile in his industry. He had a senior position at Rackspace and was also director of the Python Software Foundation but he was growing disillusioned with the industry and going through a lot of personal turmoil.
0: I had been isolated in Texas for five plus years. Uh, Had a really nasty divorce, kids moved away. Um, Rackspace wasn't the greatest company and I ended up being the director of layoffs Everyone ended up working from home. You know, I was just grinding away and getting stressed and trying to get more salary and get more stock, go to meetings and go to useless stand and try to fight internally against like this moral and ethical just trash fire that tech became or has become.
1: About two and a half years ago, Jesse made a change. He moved to Colorado and he got a new job working remotely for a big tech company, But even these big changes didn't seem to help.
0: It was just more of the same, right? It was more isolation. It was more, we don't really support remote work. We're just doing it because we think you're a whiny prima donna. That isolation, loneliness, losing my kids, those thoughts just accelerated as tech got worse and the company got worse. What I really found is my life was missing connection and life. And so I have the dogs, ended up getting chickens, but really it's, I started growing house plants, living by myself. I had extra space in the house. And so I ended up converting the two extra bedrooms I had to greenhouses, basically. And I started crops for community food share in Louisville, hundreds of pounds of produce. And I donated every single pound of it because I could, I had a spoiled tech baby salary. In my life, I've always appreciated the scientific method. And as a kid struggling with ADHD, I understand this now to be one of those coping mechanisms where things that I can't observe aren't real or they're not trustworthy or I don't understand them. And so I learn things by just working through them, testing, observing, having controls, being able to break down, observe and... Learn and fail. What I found is really digging into that missing part of me just quickly got me back into biology and chemistry. And then all of a sudden, I start getting ads.
1: You know how this goes you're on the internet looking at something, and then you start getting targeted ads that follow you around. Mine these days are pretty consistently about skincare, comfy clothes, and subscription boxes for cute things from Japan. Well, Jesse started getting targeted ads for something a little bit different.
0: I start getting ads for mushroom grow kits. And I'm like, why not? And so I pick up a couple of books on fungi and I start learning about them. And I grew like 30, 40 pounds of mushrooms.
1: What happened is that Jesse got super into his new mycology hobby. In fact, while he was still working at his big tech job, he started his mushroom business, The Humble Fungus, as both a side project and an escape hatch.
0: I honestly was hoping that this would be my last tech job, right? I was hoping I'd be able to make money, be able to pay off all the debt from the divorce and God knows what else, fix all that, and then walk away from it. Looking back at it now, I realize just how toxic what we've kind of built really is. like The way we structure our businesses, the way we handle equity, the way we incentivize people, it's like most of the tech companies, they don't incentivize connection or teamwork. Those thoughts just accelerated as tech got worse and the company got worse. And I actually started this business, The Humble Fungus. I started this last summer. I, I was already dropping off mushrooms to the food bank. And I was like, Why not make this a business where I can do something equitable? I can honestly say I had everything done, incorporated, and I had the site up within three months. This was my passion project. This was who I was going to eventually become. And I just passed November is when I finally said, listen, I, I took four months of medical leave. I burned out. I came back. Nothing had changed. And in fact, all the old fires that I had left burning were still there. I finally hit a point where it was just completely untenable. So I resigned. And the next day I actually tried to take my own life. Looking back at that now, and that was in November. For me, it was a moment in time where my identity had been wrapped up in my tech career and chasing a salary and trying to just desperately be the thing that everybody else is and happy and rich and everything. I, I, I started in this sector when I was 16. I was in tech and I can honestly say it's, uh, it ruined me. Spent some time in the hospital, going to lots of therapy. It's been, um, it's been rough clawing back because I had started the business obviously, in the summer, and I lost most of November because of this. My customers have been so patient with me. I believe now even more that this is the right thing to do, although it's scary.
1: Jesse describes his business as spore-to-table. On his website, you can buy supplies and ingredients for any stage of the spore-to-table journey, whether you want to grow your own mushrooms from a colonized petri dish, or you just want a couple of pounds of gourmet mushrooms to eat. Basically, if you're into mushrooms, Jesse will take you as deep as you want to go.
0: I went from basically knowing nothing about uh, fungi and mushrooms and really growing things this time last year to now it's my life. It's been one thing after another of falling down this rabbit hole of fungi are everywhere. They're connected. They're in our cells. They're in our bodies. And... Understanding like that magic and just really kind of taking my brain from tech and saying, I understand and I've always spent time around large, complex systems. Fungi is now my large, complex distributed system. I moved into this uh, space a couple months ago. I've only got about twelve hundred square feet. Half of it's a lab. Half of it is dark chamber for mushroom spawn to grow. And then the other part of that is a greenhouse.
1: What do you get up to in your lab?
0: At the very, very, very basic building block, the seed that makes a mushroom is a spore. And so in the lab, uh, I grow those spores out. I isolate them, determine um, genetic characteristics I like, like fast colonization, or I find out that this strain is particularly disease resistant. I'll clone it. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll buy mushrooms from the grocery store just to clone them. Uh, I make liquid cultures, which are basically fungi suspended inside of a nutrient broth that you can then use to uh, grow mushrooms. Uh, I've got probably 150 to 200 quarts, and that's enough liquid culture for me to make thousands upon thousands upon thousands of of pounds of mushrooms.
1: How many different varieties are we talking about?
0: What I have right now is I've got a catalog of about 30 species. And that includes morel, chestnut, every type of oyster mushroom you could think of, turkey tail, reishi, shiitake, maitake, beech, blue it. I've set my goal to be relatively audacious. I want to fruit everything. When you're growing the fungus, it goes through three stages. You start at like a liquid culture or an auger plate, then you move to spawn. So you can get a lot of fungi to make mushroom spawn, but to get it to fruit, which is the final stage is a different challenge entirely. So for example, with morel, I can clone them. I can make the spawn, but fruiting them, actually getting morel fruit is very hard and it could take several years. Really? I'm trying to fruit things that people have told me repeatedly you can't grow those mushrooms in captivity
1: like they can only grow in forests is what people are telling you yeah
0: and so i want to grow all of those and i'm trying to grow all of them that i can in captivity and so that's the challenge right in addition to trying to keep the bills paid by selling fresh mushrooms and mushroom grow kits each day i'm i look at my genetics library and i'm like okay what's the weird one i'm gonna fruit today mycology a lot of it is mysterious and I want to demystify it. Like it's just like any other complex system. Once you sit down and you break it down into its core components, you can isolate those You and say, okay, soil pH is a thing. Let's test that. Let's test higher pH solutions, lower pH solutions. Let's test more water, less water. Any complex system can be reasoned about if you can break it down into its most logical components and science at least for fungi and growing things, gives us that capability.
1: I also wanted to ask you a question about being alone and doing work by yourself because you had earlier talked about isolation and how you know hard that can be. And it occurs to me that when you're working by yourself as you are now because you're the only person at Humble Fungus and you're in your lab. It's like you and you are surrounded by living things, but they're not human things. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, how does that isolation feel either the same or different than the kind of isolation you were feeling before?
0: Working at Corporate America, living by yourself, working on a remote team, on a team that has no communication skills, that isolation is deeper and darker. With this, you know, it's a struggle every day, especially if COVID just made it worse, like a million times worse. And so luckily it's like, I lean on my therapist, my psych and my support system as much as I can, but really it's, I've gone more and more online. Like I post a lot on Instagram. I try to share a lot of this with people just to make it so that I feel like I'm getting some sort of feedback loop because especially with ADHD, like I'm always looking for a mirror right now. That's Twitter and Instagram and things like that. And that makes me mad because the last decade, my social contact has been, you know, a three and a half inch by four inch phone or whatever the size is. It's tiring. So I really, really lean on people and uh, there's a lot of music. There's a lot of podcasts. I listen to science podcasts, news, um, politics, sociology, uh, lots of music. Uh, And I've got to mix up the music a lot. So I'll I'll go through like seven genres in a day. It's good having the business. Like, well, who's going to mop the floor and vacuum? That's you. Who's going to get up and fulfill the orders today you are
1: I wanted to ask you about the goal that you stated explicitly on your website, which is that as you start adding folks um, beyond your kind of sole proprietorship here, you want to be employee owned and operated and I was wondering if you could talk about uh, that decision and to state it so publicly as part of your your plans and and maybe if you know that fits more broadly into the kinds of guardrails that you're you're putting up to make sure that this next act in your life doesn't start to become something that would lead to kind of like ruinous effects on your on your well-being the way kind of like your first career did you know
0: if i remember the point in my life where i was the happiest and the most productive and i felt like i really belonged they were in the startup days small groups of people but I remember part of it being ownership, right? That shared mission. Like we're on a mission together. We are a team and it's going to be hard and it's going to be tough, but we can do it together. You know, some days we cried together and some days, you know, we sang together. I remember one of my best mentors in my life just being like, listen, I might be the founder and I might be well off and everything else like that. But if I've got to clean the bathrooms, I'm going to clean the bathrooms. That stuck with me all of these years experiencing like the upper parts of corporate America as that's when I felt like we had meaning and we had something together. When I started this business, I said, how do I rekindle that feeling? If I bring on an employee, I don't want them to be family right? That's just, that's, that's a method for abusing and gaslighting people. I am not your family. I'm your boss, but I can be your friend. We can be close and we can share and all of this stuff. Like, how do I build that? And I realized it's like in tech, we give people stock options, right? A great big fat promise that they're going to be rich one day. I can't do that, right? I don't have the funding financially. It's like in the land of COVID, getting loans and investment is virtually impossible. Uh, I've got enough money in my savings account to last me probably another month. Um, when I don't have a pot to piss in, how can I give them that feeling of manifest destiny alongside me? And I said, I want to make it so that they own a part, right? I want to make it so that, number one, leadership is not above reproach leadership must be held accountable. Number two, the employees must be held accountable. I just wanted to be able to do that. An employee owned, employee operated, just really feels like it gives most. And it's also the thing that's going to hold up in times of economic uncertainty. And the best way to do that is like, if I hire a person and I sit there and I say, I'm going to pay you money and I'm going to give you health care. But in return, you're going to share some of the responsibility. I think that that just morally is how I would want to be treated. Like I want to be trusted. I want to be valued. And the best way for me to do that is to feel like I've got skin in the game.
1: I mean, it seems like this community that you've been able to plug into via the food bank and via just like growing, like literally growing food for people. That's also like a maybe that's like a complex system that's not so complex.
0: So that's the beauty of nature. And actually that's the lie of computer systems. Complexity isn't complex when you break it down to its parts, community and people feeding them, helping them. It is complex. There's a lot of complexity in there, but at the end of the day, it's still extremely simple. I've I've got food safety issues myself. Now it's like uh, looking at my revenue. Like I said, I've got a little bit and uh, I've got approved with Boulder County farmers markets now. And I've got a crop finally coming in. So things are looking at bases, but, um, you know, after I quit tech, it's, uh, I went and got Medicaid and I've got food assistance now. There's nothing wrong with needing help. And I think that's a big part of what's happened to me over the past two years. It's learning. Just how much help I need, but also realizing how much I could help other people. I've been poor. I spent a chunk of my childhood in a very, very bad part of Syracuse, New York, poor and going to the YMCA for food. And um, if I have privilege, and I do as a white male in America, if I have privilege and I have time and I have resources, why not try to fix the things that growing up I experienced? Homelessness, um, hunger, abuse. When you experience those things yourself, trying to think about how to help people takes on a completely different connotation. I just want to be able to like, catch people when they fall. Because I've fallen a lot and no one was there to catch me. If I can be there you do that to people and give them the second chance, then it's the right thing to do. You know, if you just want to reach out to me and you're just interested in getting some mushroom compost for your garden or just anything, you've got crazy, you know, mushroom questions, just reach out to me. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. um, Like I said, humblefungus.com. And if you like mushrooms, if you want to grow mushrooms, I sell grow kits. If you want to... Um, Have fresh mushrooms, dried mushrooms, mushroom powder. (laughs) Uh, I've I've got it all. And really, I just want to extend the invitation to people to come and learn.
1: Is produced by Sean Hilner and me, Waylon Wong. Music for the show is by ClipArt.
0: Jesse's business is at humblefungus.com. As he mentioned, he shares a lot of information about mycology on social media. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Noller. That's J-E-S-S-E-N-O-L-L-E-R. He has a Patreon as well, which is at patreon.com slash the humble fungus. We'll provide links to all of these in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at rework.fm, along with episode transcripts.
1: If you're thinking about suicide, or worry about a friend or loved one, or would like, emotional support, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support. That number is 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. You heard that right, a mushroom farmer. But the story starts long before Jesse became a fungi. Boo! <laughs> you didn't like it? Sorry. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hostile work environment. <laughs> we can't go through the entire episode without being one
0: fun guy joke. <laughs> <laughs> My dad is going to love this.
1: Are you asking me to say a spory for that joke? <laughs>